So I noticed I noticed one of your topics here was was crossed out. Does that mean we're not talking about it, or what does that indicate, or was it just accidental? No, that was definitely on purpose. So the topic that okay. got crossed out was the top topic: Apple faces a class action lawsuit over failing keyboards. Mm-hmm. And I just I almost well, I couldn't bear to talk about it again because there's Could been we so, much, about so much last time. Yeah, not just last time, but I'm sure we've had at least three shows yeah we've talked about these failing keyboards yeah that's fair yeah so and there's a much sorry i was was gonna say i think i think the consensus has been just that yeah there's going to be some kind of recall or repair program eventually started so yeah there's not much more to say yeah and i don't think class action lawsuits really mean much except a lot of money for some lawyers yeah you know, I got I got five dollars from Red Bull. Were you a, a part of that at all? I had no idea there was a, a lawsuit against them. So I, I guess I'm not even sure if this was their if the, their marketing campaign in Australia or not. But they had the Red Bull gives you wings campaign. Do you remember that? Oh, for that? sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually got sued because Red Bull didn't actually give you wings for false advertising. And the, the the litigious stereotype of the United States is really showing its face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they lost, and everyone who had purchased a Red Bull in the last 10 years got $5. <laughs> <laughs> that's how... That's advertising, though, is just to, to yeah. make up something yeah. about your product. <laughs> it's It's a yeah. metaphor, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I guess that would have been the argument, but yeah. So that's that was that's pretty ridiculous. I didn't agree with it, but I definitely got their five dollars. Did you spend it on another Red Bull? <laughs> I'm sure I did. I've <laughs> I've put way more than that, probably a hundred times that into Red Bulls over the years. Oh really? So that's like my go to drink actually. Yeah, I don't think we have quite as many like I don't know, class action lawsuits or big things like that in Australia. Just one example I can think of is, you know, the whole VW diesel emissions scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I heard that people were getting all sorts of things back, you know, $1,000 or a few grand um, because they owned a diesel Volkswagen. But then it turned out it's pretty much limited to the United States and a few other countries. There's no such rebate or refund or anything for any oh, really? diesel Volkswagen in Australia. <laughs> well, I know that they specifically like fudged the numbers to comply with the US regulations. Did, was that other regulations they're getting around as well? Or was it only the US that was really affected because of that? Yeah, good point. Maybe the regulations weren't harsh enough that they even did it in Australia. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, but, thought it was I mean, I mean, I guess everyone would have seen the fake numbers because if they gave the U.S. one number and then the rest of the world a different number, <laughs> yeah, that would okay. have been pretty suspicious. So, yep. good point. So, I guess it's still kind of like false advertising everywhere. Then, yeah, yeah. Imagine so. if they had been caught because they gave one set of numbers to the U.S. and a <laughs> How did they end up getting caught? I guess like some whistleblower or something within the company. No, it was actually a university research student, maybe. Not sure if it was a student or whatever. Um, oh. But, yeah, they were doing their own testing. Huh. I'm not even sure if it was like a test designed to try and catch any cheating or anything. It was, um, yeah, just a test on emissions, and they noticed something dodgy. And Interesting. Always, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't really keep up with that. I never owned or been that interested in VW before, so... Okay. Although I did, I did growing up, always want one of those, like, the classic 1960s Volkswagen buses, like, stereotypical hippies used to ride around in. They are so popular, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They really made a resurgence at the moment, at least here. Yeah. I, there's not about... too many around here, but... Is it, is it called the Combi Van in the States? Uh... It it's had a few names. It's just it's just called the Volkswagen bus, as far as I'm aware here in the US. Um like they had a similar counterpart in Europe called the Eurovan. Um but yeah. But it looks like they're bringing it back. 
I've I've seen recent rumors they're doing an all electric VW bus. Really? Retro styled yeah. like the old one? Uh it's got a similar design language. It's a little uh I don't know, a little more rounded out. Here, I'll put a a link in the channel for you to check out this article on it. But Oh, the picture will pop right up. You can see the new one versus the old one. Oh wow, yeah. It actually looks yeah, pretty nice. I'm, Unlike the yeah. redesigned Beetle, which they came out with a decade ago. You don't like that? No. I think the new ones look way better. Really? Oh, no. I think they're way sleeker. Yeah. Yeah, maybe sleeker, but they're just ugly. And they came with that <laughs> horrible fake um, daffodil on the dash as well. Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So, I, I mean, I guess, I don't know about over there, but here, up until that redesign the volkswagen was extremely stereotypically just a a girl's car oh really like it would be it would, it'd be embarrassing for a guy to be caught driving one here in the u.s any volkswagen um, or just the beetle just 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 that the bug okay uh but with the redesign it started i don't know it became more popular across all genders right so, yeah because it's kind of a sportier look i guess less bubbly yeah uh, wait, uh, is, has there been a redesign? You know, there was the 60s and then the 2000s one. Is there another one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Maybe I missed that well, completely. Maybe yeah, Maybe you haven't seen the, the newest one. It's really similar to the just the rounded one that you're used to, mm-hmm. but it's kind of stretched out a bit. Um, I'll post another, another link for you. Oh, that one's not going to come with a picture. But... Oh. I keep saying 60s as well, but it's more like um, 30s, isn't it? Or 40s. Uh, well, they had the same design for a few decades. So, because yeah. actually when I was in high school, uh, one of my best friends drove a, like a 68 Super Beetle that was like a race car in the 60s and wow. <laughs> been all souped up. So, but yeah. Uh, is this the one you were thinking of or is... This one looks a little better than the one I'm thinking of. I'm th- Okay. The one I was originally talking about was the, I don't even know what year it was, sometime around the 2000s. Yeah, like the early 2000s model. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah I, I, I never liked that one either, but this new one, I thought it's kind of sleeker looking. Yeah, it's an improvement. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the topic that replaced the failing butterfly keyboards topic is that mm-hmm. uh, there's a rumor from Love iOS, and that's via some Chinese um, company, that Apple is going to launch a cheaper HomePod price for $199, but it's going to be under the Beats brand instead of the Apple brand. And that something about this doesn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah. I think they're either going to release like a, a smaller, cheaper HomePod, mm-hmm. or... Maybe just another Beats speaker, so it might yeah, include some of the like um, room mapping technology of the HomePod. But I think that would probably be just about it. I think that I mean that's exactly what I was was thinking when I read this this uh, post. It's it's not going to be a HomePod and Beats brand. It's going to be one or the other. Um, maybe they'll do a new. I mean, they had the Beats pills for a while. Yeah, speakers. they still do, don't they? Oh, do they? I yeah. I really haven't been interested in that brand. But when they released the AirPods, they also had those same, what, the Beats X, those headphones that had the same W1 chip in them. That's right, yeah. Um, so I feel like this could be along those same lines where they, Apple has, like, the premium version and Beats has kind of more of a, a lower-end, mid-range consumer version of the product that has similar features. Yeah, they're not going to make it just like a, a Siri and AirPlay speaker, I would say, if it was under the Beats brand. They would have to have other things like Bluetooth playback, maybe even a line-in. Because people that buy Beats aren't necessarily people that are in the Apple ecosystem either. That's true. I'm really uh, surprised that Apple's kept the Beats name this long. I really thought they were buying them just for their underlying technology and were going to like abandon the brand entirely. Exactly, yeah. I thought they were buying them just for the music service. Right. Yeah, their curation they had that was apparently unbeatable at the time. <laughs> Good but... pun. <laughs> no. 
wasn't even intentional, but yeah. You never spot your own puns, do you? <laughs> I, yeah. It's just so natural. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I thought, I didn't think they'd keep the Beats headphones around or anything like that, but I don't know. The way, the way I pictured it when they did the acquisition was uh, the early 2000s were like synonymous with the classic white Apple earbuds that came with the iPods. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like people would buy fake white earbuds to look like they were listening to something on an iPod because they were so popular at the time. Yeah, there was that classic advertising campaign of the silhouettes dancing with the white cameras. Yeah, and after those white headphones were gone, they were replaced with Beats, and everyone was wearing Beats headphones. Mm. And I feel like the acquisition's like, we're still like the number one thing people listen to. So, I don't know. It's just them keeping their stances like the preferred listening method. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, there was a funny comment from Demented Avenger. I don't agree with mm-hmm. it, but I thought it was funny. Beats has a reputation for being overpriced and okay, whereas Apple has a reputation for being... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've not necessarily been a fan of, of Beats. I guess it depends on the type of music you listen to. They're really bass-heavy, and I listen to a lot of vocal music, so it doesn't really work for me, but... For like the rap, hip hop kind of music, I think Beats is 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 pretty good, and I've heard they've gotten better since the Apple acquisition. They're more balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you find the HomePod then? Because when I got it, I thought it was extremely bass heavy, but um, I've just kind of got used to it over time. Um, I don't have m- many complaints with the HomePod. There's definitely uh, kind of a lacking mid range. The highs and lows seem like really pronounced, and the mid range is just okay um but i honestly don't use my home pod very much um it's 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 my bedroom yeah um it sits in my bedroom and the number one like usage it gets is when my daughter wants to like lay lay down in my room instead of laying in her own bed i'll lay her in my room and i'll have the home pod like very softly play like lullaby mix or whatever some kind of <laughs> music and that's probably the most music it plays. Other than that, I use it basically just to ask what the weather is when I wake up in the mornings. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. I I prefer listening to music through headphones. So. Oh really? Okay. Yep. But I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of an Apple sucker. So when the new product came out, I wanted to try it, and I'll probably get a second one when stereo pairing finally comes out, so I can give that a shot. <laughs> And, and may, maybe if wow. that's maybe if that's yep. good enough, I'll move it like down to more a space I spend more time in than my bedroom, like uh-huh. the living room or my office, and then I probably would get a lot more use out of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I'm just just going back thirty seconds. The lullaby mm-hmm. mix in Apple Music is so good. It's Isn't music it? that's actually I find is bearable to listen to. It's not crappy nursery rhymes. Yeah, exactly. I can like lay down with my daughter and listen to it, and it's like it's like acoustic remixes of even like popular songs now and yeah and pretty like, good and some beatles in there and classics and yeah some instrumentals that are actually good yeah 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 it's it's, it's 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 really good <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one that uses that so. yeah <laughs> but. Uh, pushing on to the next most popular topic popular is um that apollo for Red 1.2 update is now out so this has probably become the biggest Reddit client after the official app, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that Apollo has gained the cult following that uh, Alien Blue had before Reddit bought them. I don't yeah, know how in, so. into the Reddit client scene you are, but <laughs> I've, I've definitely hopped around to all of them over the years and... I'm currently on Apollo and probably will be for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm actually not using any Reddit app at the moment, but I do go oh, on really? and off them. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but I'm trying to limit the amount of time I spend on my phone as much as possible. And that oh, right. Using the mobile website, which is terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> I tend to not use it. Like if I had nice. Apollo on my phone, 
Actually, I do yeah. have it right now because I thought I'd download it and just have a play with it again with the new sure. update. Um, but it's it's really good. It's really slick. It's too good. I would spend. It's, I would get uh, stuck on my phone just scrolling. <laughs> so well, yeah. Apparently, the developer like used to work for Apple, so he's really good at conforming to Apple's design language and standards. And they're not trying to force some new UI on us. It's like every gesture that works in a native iOS app works in Apollo. And I don't know. Yeah, it's really slick. Um, yeah, the developer, Zach, Apollo Zach on Twitter, has actually got a pretty funny Twitter account too, if you're interested oh, really? in following him, yeah. Okay. And so, I, I agree with um, adhering to the, the design language like of iOS. It's um, It really fits in. It's almost just like you're using, you know, mail or something. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. It's got all the 3D touch gesture support, which a lot of apps still don't have. I like can peek and poke and or pop or whatever. And <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to go right into a post. I can just kind of force press on a photo and see it instead of. And then with a new update, being able to jump to the next top comment is huge. That's like the number one feature I wanted out of the Apollo app. And now I just want them to have a really good iPad version. Because there is no right, good yeah. Reddit app for the iPad Pro. No, there's not. The official one is so, just junk. Yeah, and, and the official one, Reddit's been saying they're going to issue a big iPad update for years and it still hasn't come. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I want. I just want an app that like supports like the narrow or the split screen app, but just have it on the narrow on the side. Mm-hmm. Even the official Reddit one, it doesn't, it doesn't shrink down enough and it becomes unusable if you try to make it narrow. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I spend less and less time on my iPad, so it's becoming less of a concern, but that's what I would want next. Yeah, me too. I've only got, well, I don't even have an iPad. My wife has an iPad for watching movies. That's about it now. So there's no red app on that. It was was, uh, really good for, like, taking, taking classes I could keep all my all my textbooks on there, and I could take notes on it, and it was great for that. But I really don't need it for that anymore. So it's it's just kind of sat around, unfortunately. Yeah. So. So were you a fan of Alien Blue back in the, the, the day? Oh yeah, I bought the the pro version of Alien Blue, and that came out. Um, and so by default, when Reddit when Reddit purchased Alien Blue, and then drop support for Alien Blue, I got and still have three years worth of Reddit Gold because I had the the pro version. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. So I haven't used a single Reddit Gold feature, but uh, it's kind of cool. I guess I don't have ads, which is a, a big plus. Yeah, okay. But yeah, other than that, I haven't taken advantage of... There's like a special subreddit for Gold members... But I've never really played around with it. Um, the lounge, I think. I mean, the, yeah. I think the only time I've ever had a Reddit Gold is when it was first launched, and they mm-hmm. had like the charter membership, wasn't something like that. Uh, I mean, I think you can get like some free Reddit Gold just by sending them a postcard. They'll give you a month or something. But <laughs> yeah, I've never played with it much. Um, speaking of jumping to the top comment. Have you used mm-hmm. the new Reddit redesign? And how do you like jumping between comments? Oh, I uh, like uh, their desktop website. Yeah, the desktop. Sorry. Yeah. I've uh, literally always clicked view old site the moment I load Reddit. I've, <laughs> I've never even tried to play with their new redesign. <laughs> All right. So. Well, get this. This is how you collapse comments now. There's no, I don't use it. Okay. I'm definitely using the old one. But mm-hmm. um, if you're on the new one, there's no minus sign next to a username to collapse like a comment chain now. You actually have okay. to click like the, the vertical line that drops down from the parent comment. And right. clicking that will collapse it, which is... It seems like least... a very small target. It, yeah, it's a very thin target. It's yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. You'll never miss it on the vertical. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But I'm actually... Like yeah. a moderator of a couple subreddits, and we've been waiting for this new redesign to start rolling out because we wanted to redesign our subreddit, but didn't want to do it right before they changed the way the whole website's laid out. But mm-hmm. 
now I'm less I'm less enthused about it because because it looks so terrible. Yeah, my main beef with it is that it's just really slow and laggy. Just scrolling oh, yeah. through comments, it's not a smooth scroll. Have you had that? Like, it kind of stutters as you scroll. Um, I mean, I've like I said, I've never played around with it, so. Oh yeah, okay. But yeah, it seems I don't know. Why are you breaking away from? what reddit is which is just a forum like forums are supposed to be really generic and plain and nothing else but they're they're trying to become a media company is what they're doing yeah they're they're leaning towards social media with this you have your own profile page now that you can make posts to and things like that this new instant messaging feature on their website Uh, it all feels really just tacked on as well it doesn't feel like native reddit if that makes sense yeah, it doesn't feel like the core Reddit experience at all. And it's it's definitely not features I think anyone was asking for or cares about. Mm. But it's Reddit trying to stay not relevant necessarily in the sense of keeping users around, but relevant in the sense of keeping advertisers around, I think. So, because Reddit's struggled financially forever. So, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have that bar on the on the homepage that like says whether or not they've they've sold enough reddit gold in that day to afford their servers. <laughs> yep, they still have it there. Yeah. So I mean, I this I think this is their attempt to make reddit less anonymous, more of a social website so so that advertisers can track and kind of advertise to people more. Which is not what people want out of reddit and I think it could be their downfall if they're not careful. Yeah, true. It could go the way of Dig. Were you on Dig before? Yeah. Um, I I was never very much into Dig. I, I played around on it, but I never even got as far as setting an account on Dig. Okay. So that was a, a little before my time, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound like super young, but I don't know. When when was the like the great migration from Dig to Reddit? I feel like it was like ten years ago. Yeah, possibly even more. You're pushing my memory, but yeah. if I had to guess, I would say it was two thousand and six. Yeah, two thousand six. So I would have been just starting middle school. <laughs> so, which 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 means that like my internet usage was was limited. I had like a computer at home, but I don't even know if. I think at that point, my parents didn't even let me have it connected to the internet yet, so... Oh, wow. I thought that would have been yeah. prime waste time on the internet age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it definitely was. I had, like, my computer that was just had games and stuff on it, and then my parents had a computer that was connected to the internet. And if you wanted to use the internet, you had to use their computer, at least when I was that age. I think probably around 2007 or 2008, I finally got my very own internet access. Mm-hmm. And actually... I got it originally through the very first iPod Touch because I bought one of those and and uh, bummed off my neighbor's Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. Without your parents knowing. Um. I, I think. I mean, I think they were aware. I, I I convinced them to get their own Wi-Fi router pretty soon after, which is impressive because the only device the entire house had Wi-Fi was my iPod touch so i'm surprised they cared enough to buy one for me uh but yeah so i mean they were they were aware that i had access to the internet Mm -hmm. so yeah probably thought it was about time you wasted hours per day (laughs) some sort of yeah uh, media site never never looked back yeah (laughs) so it's been a daily addiction ever since (laughs) pretty but pretty much yeah so because like when i got into the internet, like some of the very first things, I mean, besides playing games on the internet when I was really little, some of the very first things I remember was like Charlie the Unicorn had just come out. Uh, what else? Like some of the quintessential original like memes of the internet. Uh-huh. Star Wars guy. Star Wars kid, yeah. Or the, oh, the dramatic groundhog or whatever. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Um or Afro Ninja, yeah. Um, Numa Numa, the Numa Numa guy, yeah. 
Ah, I used to love that song too. I had all the words memorized. <laughs> <laughs> yep, man, when it so, gets stuck in your head, it's there for days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some classics. I don't feel like we get that same uh, meme generation that we we got back in the original OG YouTube days. No, it's um, it's a meme economy now. well that and like back then youtube wasn't monetized so there was no incentive to make like really professional or premium content it was just people putting funny things online and that was it Mm, so yeah good good times good times that was that was what that's when i that was about the time i started getting online regularly it was 2006 2007 yeah okay nostalgia (laughs) well you'll be happy to hear with this beautiful segue that's starting <laughs> J- july 2018 july this year mm-hmm. actually that's in two months wow okay yeah it's all, really soon yeah all ios updates submitted to the app store must be built with the ios 11 sdk which is fair enough but mm-hmm. sorry about that crow outside if you can hear that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but more importantly this is the big one they must mm-hmm. support a super retina display of the iphone 10 which is uh, huge news yeah, that's celebrate? awesome. Um, I mean, I was trying to think back to when they did something similar. Like, the last time they had screen changes, like, when they switched to Retina displays originally on the iPhone 4, I think it took them a couple of years before they required apps to support it. They still and don't require apps to support the plus-size phones, though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if they do or not. Because no if, it's, if, it's, if, it's word, if it's worded the same way as this... Where it says any updates submitted, there's definitely some older apps that don't that don't support it still. But I haven't seen any ones that have gotten recently updated that haven't supported the plus size displays. Yeah, so I any? think what happened is that all the previous guidelines like this only enforced it for new app submissions. Um, oh, except okay. Except for one earlier this year, which said. Uh, Oh, no, no. That was still new app submissions, actually. So, yeah, all the previous ones have been new apps have to support uh, whichever screen size, the Plus back in the day and the 10. Gotcha. But now they've expanded it to encompass updates as well. So that's why it's did important. That, did that uh, switch to 64-bit only include updates? Ooh, that's a good question. I would, well, I would assume so, since they don't support the... 32-bit apps. Yeah, they just killed them. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, I guess... I don't know. Do you have to have two builds? Because if you want to support users who have... Well, I guess, what was the last 32-bit phone? The iPhone 5? Yeah, that's right. So, okay, okay. So, so maybe it's fine not to try to support iPhone 5s anymore. I was thinking it was more recent, and you would still want to have support. But, okay. I'm on board with that, then. Forcing I'm not sure you could bit. use the iOS 11 SDK to target an iPhone 5 without heaps of extra work. You're right. Actually, you're right. You can't. Um, I've, I've been working on a, an app for the local university, and the, I think the, the oldest iPhone you can target is the 5S. So Yeah, okay. That makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. That okay. 5S was way ahead of its time with its um, processor. That blew everything yeah. out of the water coming out of the 64-bit um, system on a chip. And I remember, like, right after they announced they had 64-bit, there was waves of tech journalists saying that 64-bit is unnecessary on a phone and no one needs it. And then the <laughs> next year, every Android phone had 64-bit as well. <laughs> the same old story. At least that was yeah. a useful thing for the Android phones to do, not like putting a notch on every phone they make now. Yeah. Man, the influx of phones, the, what, the new OnePlus 6 has a notch, the new G7 has a notch. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some out, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, around a hundred other phones. <laughs> Everyone's, I mean, I mean that's kind of par for the course. Apple and Samsung are still in a dispute over Samsung ca- copying like Apple's iPhone 3G design. Oh, really? So, Is that ongoing? Well, yeah, it keeps getting whatever. Like it, it went in Apple's favor. I think like around 2010, and then of course Samsung repealed that. And then it like went back, and the next case like ended up in Samsung's favor, and then Apple repealed that, and now they're like back in court right now, still fighting over whether or not 
the like the Galaxy phones were a copy of the original iPhone design. The lawyers must have been laughing all the way to the bank. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, there's like people winning now. So this is this is a, a leftover, like a remnant of Steve Jobs. Have you have you read his uh uh biography from Walter Isaacson? Yes, I have actually. Yep. Yeah. So his his uh thermonuclear war that he uh <laughs> declared on Android. <laughs> this is still like leftover litigation from that way back then. <laughs> So it's funny you mentioned that book. My wife brought the book home like as a present to me during the week, but I'd already read mm-hmm. it. It was disappointing. Oh, really? <laughs> but I, actually, it wasn't disappointing because now I've got a hard co- hard hardback, hard hardcover yeah. copy of the book, yeah. whereas before I only had it on the iPad. But that's a good oh, book. Okay. Yeah have have you read uh, Becoming Steve Jobs? Like this newer one that came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> yep, yep, I sure have. Really. <laughs> I've I've got it I've got it here it's on my to-do list I haven't read it yet but I've heard it's way better so I'm really excited to get into it. Okay, I didn't find it as good. I think Oh, really? Yeah. I think you're right about the, the general consensus though is that it's better, but I I mean the people who knew time. Steve said it was more accurate, I guess. Okay. Yep. Which is which is odd. How can something be more accurate than an actual interviews with Steve Jobs and his quotes, but Hmm. Have well, you have there's you read... always editorializing things. Sure. Have you read I Was, Steve Wozniak's biography? No, now you're pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> I I Was is really good. I preferred that even to the to the Steve Jobs uh, biography. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on which side you're more interested in, but it definitely is a lot more on the techie side than Steve Jobs was. And of course, Steve Wozniak's is all about early Apple since he left in the mid-80s. Yeah, so, okay. That sounds really but, interesting then. Yeah, it's it's really good. It talks about kind of the dynamic between the two Steves and uh I mean how he was raised. His father was an electrical engineer, so he was taught really early on about how to do stuff and like some of his very early success stories like making a calculator to enter in a in a science fair contest and he showed up to the contest too late so he didn't win, but I remember like some government representative was at this contest and saw his contraption and was blown away and and then how he left Apple and invented the universal remote after that and he's done all kinds of stuff. Did he really invent the universal remote? Yeah, he did. Wow. That was his next big project after leaving Apple. Oh wow. So yeah, he's he's done some pretty cool stuff over the years. So now now he plays Segway Polo mostly. <laughs> <laughs> He seems to tour the world giving talks as well. Yeah, um, I feel like he's a little irrelevant and people are lean on him too much for like modern tech discussions, but he's definitely a really interesting guy and I'd like he's probably the number one person that's alive that I'd love to meet. Because he's, he's just so genuine, I think. He's always been the friendliest guy, so. Yeah, he certainly comes across that way. Yeah, so... Anyway, yeah, give Iwaz a read. It's a lot shorter, uh, so it's it's a fairly quick read, and it's really good. All right, cool. I'll put it on the to-read list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you have any apps that are still not supporting the iPhone X display? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There was a couple that I had had issues with, but they just recently... um, switched like i have the the barclay apple rewards credit card (laughs) since i buy so much (laughs) apple stuff of course i'm gonna have the apple credit card too uh and the barclay app up until like a month ago didn't support it but it does now um does youtube studio support it now it does youtube studio does i haven't looked at it in a long time because i don't get money anymore but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think all the apps i use now uh support the iPhone 10 display. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat, except for maybe a couple of games. Uh, I'm not that big into gaming, really, on the phone, so... Yeah, I don't have many games either. My my number one game on my iPhone is the New York Times crossword puzzle app. And I do <laughs> the New York again? Times... <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 
I like I do the new crossword every single day, and that's probably the most gaming quotes I do on my phone. No wonder you've got such a good comprehensive vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it actually like so I pay, this is ridiculous. You have to pay a subscription basically to the New York Times to to play their crossword puzzles. Okay. So it was like fifty dollars for a year's access to their crossword puzzles. And once you've once you've done okay. their crosswords for a year, they get kind of redundant. Like they use the same clues in a lot of puzzles. So, oh really? You need to start branching out. Uh yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I I paid for this this subscription thing, so I want to I want to keep using oh, it for as long yeah. as possible. Yep. Get your so. crosswords money worth. That's right. <laughs> do you play cryptic or regular? Regular. So, I can't even say that I know off the top of my head what a cryptic crossword puzzle is. So maybe I'm missing out on a whole genre here. Oh yeah, cryptic is huge. Is it? I, yeah. yeah, I haven't heard of it. It's not just finding um, synonyms. Is, that's what a regular crossword is, isn't it? Kind of finding synonyms for, uh, for words. Uh, generally, there's a, few, there's a few tricky ones in there. There was a puzzle the other day I played that was like, one word, and that, it was like an equation. It had a word plus a letter equals something that seemed completely unrelated. And what it ended up being is you were looking for a synonym for the thing it equaled, and it contained all the letters of that word plus the letter. So there's some interesting like cryptic crossword then. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. So I've struggled to define cryptic crossword, so I've just looked up what it is. Okay. So, uh, the basic cryptic in which each clue answer... Oh, hang on. What is this? I'm Googling it as well. Mm, no, that, I can't really read that out. It's a summary. Here we go. Cryptic crossword. Each clue is a word puzzle in and of itself. Hmm. Particularly known in the UK and Commonwealth nations. That's why I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Oh, here we go. In the in the United States, cryptics are sometimes known as British-style crosswords. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, British crossword. Sounds very proper. <laughs> you must smoke a pipe while completing. <laughs> Sit in an armchair. So, um, I've, I've definitely done some that are along that lines, but I think that most of them conform to more of a standard crossword. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that and... Um, that and I'm st- I still play Candy Crush, and that's like the only other game on my phone. <laughs> what a classic! Yeah, <laughs> um, I just so. found one app on my phone. I just went through a ton of them. Okay. Uh, have you heard of geocaching? Oh yeah, I'm big yeah, into okay. geocaching. Well, there's a really really slick third party app called Cachebot, and that has yet to be updated for the iPhone 10 display. Huh. Yeah, I've only ever used their their. Uh native application but if there's better ones then i'll have to check yeah, it out a couple of years ago they really destroyed their native app i can't remember how but i think they limited it badly in some way yeah they they uh yeah i remember this as well i have i honestly haven't gone geocaching in a couple of years so off the top of my head i'm not sure exactly what it was but it's like yeah you couldn't have access to like half of the descriptions yeah or something. Yep. There, there was a really good geocaching app that I was on the the test flight program for. That was called mm-hmm. Ca- Cashly. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's launched on the App Store now. I haven't actually. I never actually bought it, but it was it was really good. It was more of a, a modern looking app because at the time, this was a couple years ago. The geocaching app was still like the skeuomorphic design language and hadn't updated it yeah that's right it stuck with it for so many years it's horrible yeah and then they limited the number of descriptions you could view and (laughs) yeah i've never actually bought the geocaching premium thing but that's basically what you need to do if you want full access to the app i think yeah the way that cashbot gets around it is it lets you load like natively in the app your limit per day of descriptions and then after that it just prompts you to load it in the browser instead which is a pretty neat little workaround yeah clever you know what they need and i don't know maybe they have this already they need a good geocaching apple watch app yeah that would be neat 
something that's just like an arrow that points you in whatever direction you need to go and tells you how close you are. Yeah. Maybe That'd be you really start simple. picking up some watch kit. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that, skills. I, sh- I should look. I mean, they've got GPS built into the watch now. You don't even need to rely on an iPhone. Yeah, and LTE. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just found a new project. <laughs> Assuming it doesn't exist already, it might. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> normally what happens when I think of something. Oh, wait. Someone's already thought of it. <laughs> that seems like too obvious of, a, of an idea not to be implemented already. Yeah. So speaking of other obvious ideas, Microsoft mm-hmm. would love to bring <laughs> sorry about these segues. Microsoft <laughs> would love to bring Apple iMessage. So of course Apple iMessage. iMessage to Windows. Yeah, of course uh, they would. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm still cringing at that segue. Um, <laughs> I mean, so Microsoft's um direction is to be the, the platform that supports everything, more or less, now that basically yeah. they don't have Windows Phone anymore. And, yeah, I, I, I really, it's a black hole for me because I, I don't use Windows and I don't use Android, but I'm sure they work reasonably well together. Um, you know, there was, there was rumors, or not even rumors, Microsoft officially announced this when Windows 10 was still kind of in development and about to be released that Android apps were going to be able to run on right. Windows yeah. 10 and they they totally scrapped that whole thing before before it officially launched. Hmm. Okay. Um I I don't know why it must have been too technically complicated for them or whatever but Yeah, they really did want to kind of just do everything. But I don't think Apple has anything to gain out of giving iMessage away. Yeah. What I exactly. see happening is what I see happening in the future is once this iMessage in the cloud thing is ironed out, you're going to have an iMessage app on your iCloud.com portal, just like emails and photos and everything else. Uh, do you think so? I, I think that that could be the direction they're, they're trying to head. Because so, that, that there's other messaging apps that do that. I, don't, like, I think WhatsApp has a web client. And it does, yeah. Yeah, so I could, I could see them doing that. I'll be really so. surprised because in Apple's head, their customers have, you know, an iPhone and iPad, both with, with iMessage built in and a Mac also with iMessage built in. So right. where's the need for iMessage on the web? I'll, I'll give you a need right now. I have to use Windows at work. And if yeah. I don't have to glance at my phone when I get a text message and I can just type the response on my computer, that'd be great. But wouldn't Apple prefer that your work replaces all the computers with Macs? <laughs> but my work isn't going to switch out my, my PC for a Mac because I want to text more. Like that's... <laughs> What if the CEO wants to text more? It's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> so that, That'd be a pretty uh, big undertaking for a, a software like firm for us to replace every computer in the office. When everyone has at least one or two computers at their desk. So. <laughs> so but but I w- yeah. also wouldn't be surprised if that had like 2% to do with Apple's strategy. It's just another way of pushing people towards Macs is that they, yeah. you know, to, like there's no iMessage on the web. That's the only thing they can use. I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible. I was surprised when they put the iWork apps on iCloud.com. Mm, yeah. Um, they're not great, but the fact that I can can work on documents from anywhere has been convenient a couple times. Like if I had to print out an essay at school or something, I it was nice to be able to pull up pages from a Windows computer to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't know. It, it could be either way. I remember when Steve Jobs announced FaceTime in 2010 and said it was going to be an open standard and all phones are going to be able to support it but that never came came to fruition so <laughs> that's right yep so and there's yeah. the um, the purported successor to successor successor however you say that word to <laughs> sms which google is behind as well yeah um if that takes off it might have some sort of um impact on on the iMessage uh, trajectory? I mean, it might take off 
just because it's something new for Android users, it'd be trivial for Apple to implement because it's not like a a walled garden kind of ecosystem. It's just a standard that anyone can adopt. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not it's not nearly as I mean it's not secure at all compared to encrypted messages being sent over the web versus this. It's still basically SMS and can still be intercepted and read. So it's not a really a secure alternative to iMessage, I don't think. But it, it does give people who don't have iMessage some of the iMessage-like features. Speaking of security, how secure mm-hmm. would iMessage on the web be? I, mean, I um, assume you would have to sign in with two-factor yeah. authentication. That's a very, you know, yeah. very basic Yeah, you'd step. use your two-factor authentication to get in. Um, as long as, I mean, the messages would be fully encrypted end-to-end. So theoretically, it wouldn't be any less secure than anything else. Your security risk comes from someone monitoring your computer directly through a keylogger or something like that. Um, but I, I don't think anything other than that would be an issue. If you if you put a trust if you trusted a public browser, that could be a security risk, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but that's more of a user error than a security issue on Apple's fault. Mm, yeah. So. I don't know. It could be done. I mean, all of our photos and emails are also kept on there, and those are encrypted as well. So they're not any less secure because we can access them through the web that way. Yeah, right. Can you really access your photos on there? That's something I've missed. I'm pretty sure that that's an option. Maybe I'm misremembering. I I very rarely go to iCloud.com. Yeah, me too. I thought you so, could but, view shared albums, but I had no idea that you could. Maybe, maybe that is it. I'm actually I'm logging in right now for the first time in a long time. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I gotta do two. I gotta do two factor. It's been so long. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I trust this browser, which I've been using on this computer for years. Oh, that's good. Well, then you can tell me because the, it did show up on my iPhone, so I can't actually validate it right now. Yeah, there's a photos app there, so it looks like Yeah. It's there. Oh, that's funny. Okay. It's slow though. Apparently my network yeah. is unavailable or slow. Did I'm you know yeah. while we're talking <laughs> on a VoIP service that my network is unavailable. So I mean I'm surprised that we're even able to maintain this level of conversation when you told me how slow your web speeds are. They were, they were. Actually, we did, <laughs> no, when we started the show, I was using <laughs> ADSL. Yeah. Which is less than one megabit up, for anyone that's, wondering. That's, that's crazy. That seems completely unusable to me. I, I mean, I downgraded to 300 up, and I feel like I'm crawling. I don't even know how you get by. <laughs> <laughs> or 300, 300 down. Up. Yeah, I was going to say. Down. I don't know when so. I'm off, it's 300 up. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I, I, I have, I have 10 up, but I have the option to, it's like I can pay another 30 or $40 a month to get, to match my up and down speeds to 300. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not a need for me because I don't do much uploading. So. Well, that app's still opening. So let's push on to the next topic while that opens. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, how do you say this? This oh the C prints. It's actually quite easy to say that the C prints had their wallet stolen, and he says Apple Pay, you're so awesome, because what's happened is that they called their bank, um, cancelled the card, um, was told that the new card arrive would arrive in a few days, but 15 minutes or so after it was cancelled, the new card automatically registered with Apple Pay, so he could just continue on his way basically. I'm assuming it's a he since it's a prince. This could basically this could basically be a post made by me because I had this exact thing happen to me uh, a month ago. I did I didn't have my wallet stolen, uh, but my card number was stolen. Like I got a call from my bank saying, "Hey, are you like on the other side of the country right now buying stuff at Walmart?" <laughs> and like, yeah, no, no, I'm not. So they immediately canceled the card and gave me a new number, and immediately the new card. And a new number showed up on my watch before I even went into the bank to pick up my new card. Oh, nice. So, That's really smart. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 
it, yeah, a, incredible experience. I didn't expect it, especially since when when I originally set up my cards, Apple setting up Apple Pay was kind of difficult because uh, I did it on the phone, just scan my card in and all that. But then my bank specifically required me to call their customer service and answer a bunch of security questions that I had made in the past and give them like my social security number and all that before they'd actually authorize it. That's weird. Shouldn't they already have all the info since you've gotten an account with them? Well, yeah, they have the info, but I think it was like in an attempt to make sure someone hadn't taken my card and trying to register it with Apple Pay on their phone or something. Uh, I think Maybe they're since thinking th- of Android. <laughs> I, think, I think since then that has been uh, removed as a requirement. You can just scan your card and, and get right into it. Uh, but yeah, back when Apple Pay first launched, it was a pretty difficult process for me to get signed up. And I had to do it twice because I added my debit card and I called them and verified and then immediately after added my credit card and they wanted me to recall and verify <laughs> again. So, Classic banks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, we can't really fault them for being um, big on security instead of customer convenience sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm glad that they're uh, moved past it. As far as security goes, Apple Pay is definitely the secure way to go since it generates you a random card number for every transaction. Like, how do you get more secure than that? Yeah, that's right. Someone was actually asking me during the week, like, why why does Apple Pay why is Apple Pay not supported by every bank when something like Android Pay doesn't need bank support? Right. And, and so because of these security features and things like random card numbers and not being able to just add any old card to your phone. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's, it's totally worth the convenience. I wish more places would adopt it here, but uh, there's still not very many like stores or businesses that support NFC payments. Yeah, so. well, I think I've talked about this, but we've got the opposite problem here, which is that every place you want to use it will support it. Like there's contactless everywhere. It's that the banks don't want to support it. So there's two banks. Maybe and a lot of credit unions, um, but the major four banks in Australia don't support Apple Pay. Is that uh, a big of a big enough of an issue for you that it drove you to switch banks, or did your yeah. bank already support it? Yeah, no, my bank didn't support it, so I switched banks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my my bank did support at launch, but it was like a couple months later it did. So I just kind of got lucky there, I guess. So. I was always impressed by, and I guess this isn't really as much of an issue for you, but here in the U.S., um, the Samsung phones that came out that didn't use NFC for contactless payment, did you see that? For a while, you you could hold it up to like a regular swipe reader, and the phone itself would send out like a magnetic frequency that duplicated your card, and you didn't need NFC. Really? No, I've never heard of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it might have been like specifically targeted towards our market because we have so few NFC readers around. Mm-hmm. So it turned any reader into a contactless reader, which was really cool. But now you don't have magnetic swipe readers anymore, do you? Uh, we still do, yeah. Every, every, every business has magnetic swipe and chip and pin. Okay. Uh, like all cards that are issued have the chip, but you don't have to use them. You can still just swipe it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, one of the comments on this post said it's actually not really anything to do with Apple Pay. It's actually more a technology that the big credit card companies, Visa, Amex, and MasterCard have. And they've all got these schemes. Uh, Visa's is called Visa Account Updater. And supposedly it it's works with other merchants as well, like Amazon and PayPal. So if you had a credit card registered with those two and it was mm-hmm. cancelled, then they would automatically be updated with the new details. Now, I I know when my card was cancelled maybe a year ago, that that definitely didn't happen. And apparently this scheme has been running since 2015, at least. Did you notice anything like that with your online accounts? Uh, no, I, I haven't actually noticed anything like that. So, I mean, all my cards are, well, yeah, they're this Visa card. And I didn't, I didn't notice any other updates besides within Apple Pay. Everything else I had to manually update. Hmm, okay. Interesting. I, I, give, I give at least some credit to Apple. <laughs> at least for having the, 
the technology. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. Did you ever get your photos to load? Oh yeah, they did eventually while we were talking before. <laughs> it looks really slick. It looks basically like the photos app on the Mac. Oh really? Yeah. I'm not sure if mine will even load. I have like over 150 gigabytes of photos just on my phone. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it loaded in. You can even yeah, upload photos, create albums, share, download. Can you make the photo books? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever used that feature? In uh, I have. App? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's really good. It's just a little bit more expensive than other third parties that do it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've, n- I've never even bothered to shop around. It's just built right into the computer, so I, that's what I use. And it's, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I make, like, little, like, year-in-review books for my family every year. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So since I take so many photos, you can basically document everything. You just put it in a book and kind of relive it. Yeah, nice. It's like the old photo. I mean, like, when I grew up, my parents took photos on, like, whatever Polaroids or whatever cheap uh-huh. cameras there were. So then we had these photo books with the, like, the clear plastic sheets in them from, for the first few years of my life, at least, where I can, it's like Chronicles my entire life. Yeah, so yeah, me too. It's kind of like a modern equivalent of that. So I had a thought the other day, um, like the amount of photos taken of me compared to how many I've taken of my daughter. I think I've deleted more photos of my daughter from my phone than have been taken of me in my entire life. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, isn't digital photography great? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, I was gonna say for that reason, I really hope Apple has a 512 gigabyte iPhone next year because I'm running out of storage. <laughs> Why don't you turn on optimized storage on your phone? Then you've still got your whole library there. I really like having everything locally and not having to download anything from the web. I download okay. all of my music to my phone and all of my photos and videos. So, Yeah, you're going to need 512 gig then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was going to say I sold a camera during the week. Um, mm-hmm. And before I sold it, I just had a look at the shutter count. And it was at thirty-two thousand, and there's I've probably got a quarter of that, or probably less than a quarter of that, which I've actually kept. Actually, probably way less. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe ten percent of that I've kept. I would say, um, yeah. So, <laughs> and it's then just... back in the back in the day, or the, the the physical photos in the albums i'd say you would rarely rarely throw out a photo because you'd gone to the trouble of buying the film of printing it you know you had to take it you didn't even know if you took a good photo until like a month later yeah that's right so (laughs) man what do you take photos with uh i I just i just use my phone i don't have any other fancy equipment or anything so You've got a pretty nice uh, DSLR, don't you? Yeah, it's definitely an entry level in terms of yeah. DSLR, but yeah, even an entry level takes pretty nice photos. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know how to like take advantage of of all of that. Like, I don't know anything about ISOs or apertures or anything like that. So, <laughs> so I, I I'd probably take pretty mediocre photos even with a really nice camera. <laughs> Well, ISO is basically how much voltage gets applied to the image sensor. The, you know, the more voltage, the the um, better it can detect light, but the worse the image is going to be in terms of noise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually play with those things. Um, there are some really neat manual camera apps for the iPhone. Have you looked at any of them? Because you get uh, ISO no, controls, haven't. exposure. I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of a purist. I don't download any apps that are redundant to what comes on my phone. I've never, yeah, okay. I've yep. never bothered getting a different kind of mail app or different notes. Yeah, I'm a purist. Different calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because because the moment I get an app that isn't isn't natively supported, I guess a camera app wouldn't be as bad. But like the moment I decide, hey, this new calendar app looks really good, I stop having my calendars sync between my phone and my computer and my iPad, and it becomes less convenient. So, mm, Yeah, exactly. And um, 
if you enjoyed taking live photos, well, I think you can only use the native camera app. Oh, really? Yeah, live photos are great. I've used those. They're they're fun to fun to watch, and also if you like just missed the moment, you can fine tune exactly when the photo still occurred, and yeah, it's that, super useful. That feature didn't really look that nice on some of the older iPhones, maybe six S or seven. I know the feature yeah. only came out with iOS eleven, I think. Um, right, but the iPhone ten, like the whole live photo, is a pretty decent resolution. Yeah, there was a. I thought it was just a software update, but it might have something to do with hardware as well, where the, like the whole live photo was taken at the same resolution instead of that lower one on some of the older phones. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure if you ch- change the frame of a live photo taken on an older iPhone, it doesn't look quite as good. It still looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, but now that now that uh, the whole live photo is this really nice resolution, it's it's been super helpful to like if you, someone blinks right at the wrong moment or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I miss that from using a DSLR. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They should they should uh, implement that technology into all cameras. I mean, I guess they've had like the smile detection in cameras, like even just point and shoot cameras for a long time, where it waits until everyone in the photo is smiling and has their eyes open to take the photo. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of neat. It's just, it, I think the problem is how do you package it? Because with a phone, like uh, it, it's all in the HEIC, or is it? F? Yeah. The H- uh, I think it's HEIC. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that new format is. Yep. But if you export that to like a shareable format, basically you get a JPEG and a MOV file right. with the same file name. Right. And you don't, and then you lose out on the live photo. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And I'm not sure if, if you actually did send that peak. God, I got to look that up. It's bugging me. Yeah. Peak. High efficiency image file format. Heath. All right. If you just send that heath to somewhere else, it's not necessarily going to interpret it as a live photo. So you couldn't just rely on, like a camera manufacturer couldn't just start packaging like a MOV file and an image into a heath because nothing except a photos app is going to understand what it is. Oh, wait, okay. I'm sorry. I'm still getting stuck on this this heek versus heath thing. <laughs> I thought I'd lost you for a second. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was reading this article. Heath is the standard format. Heek is Apple's implementation of Heath on top. Oh, really? Like on top of Heath, yeah. H-E-I-C <sighs> is Apple's version of Heath. <laughs> okay. I'm on board now. <laughs> I could have I sworn it was H-E-I-C, so... <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, it's, it's H-E-V-C for videos and H-E-I-F for photos. That makes it easy to remember. Yeah, well, I thought their new video one was like H.269 or something. H.265 is... 265. Yeah, is, you know, the X.265 video codec. Yeah. Packaged in uh, HVC. Ugh. Man, that that caused me actually quite a bit of a headache uh, a year ago. Because getting these photos from one device to another when almost nothing supported that format was it still really causes difficult. me headaches just really? trying to I like mean... airdrop uh hevc from my phone to my laptop you know both of which right. were made last year and it mm-hmm. has to like transcode it into something else it's ridiculous and it takes like an hour to airdrop a 10 minute 4k video huh i, I haven't actually tried to airdrop anything recently so but yeah because so they can't they can't just airdrop that format. They have to is are they compressing it first or something? I think it's converting or, it to H two six four. Oh, interesting. Like a um import M four V or MP four, one of those two. Yeah. No, a MOV. It should be a MOV. Um, yeah. Huh. I've checked all the settings. Like there are settings to either transfer with the most um, efficient or the most compatible formats. 
but neither's made a difference. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's something about like a non-touch bar MacBook Pro that can't <laughs> read the, <laughs> the yeah, specific just, video format. They specifically gimped it to make people opt for the touch bar version. Maybe. So I don't know. Anyway, I'd, we'd better call it a show since we've right. uh, pushed an hour. And uh, my, my wife's demanding attention because it's our wedding anniversary today. First wedding oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe you're spending the night here talking to me. <laughs> I guess it's morning for you, but... It's morning, so she's got yeah. the whole day. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. well, have a good night. Have a good rest of the weekend. Hey, you too. Enjoy your anniversary. Cheers. Thank you. All right, see ya. Catch you later.